good afternoon and welcome to Business Shakers, where we will shake the bears of business that no one tells you about and give you useful tips and tricks of how to start, run and grow your business. My name is Bronwyn Lunderstead and I am your host. I think in today's world, we are so overwhelmed with vast amounts of information about business, such as what to do, how to do and expert knowledge on multiple topics. But my questions fall down to the real person. The actual takings away from this information, what does one hope to actually gain? And is this information relevant to what we're setting out to achieve? Others include, do we utilise what we were given? Or do we close our eyes and pray for the answers to miraculously fall into place? Now, I have spoken with many business owners on my own personal journey of entrepreneurship. And I always seem to drift back to the same commonality amongst people. This is something that wavers over first-time business owners to businesses operating for a number of years, as well as the experienced serial entrepreneur. It's a path of emotion and dedication where you get to learn your own potential as you go. And I will say this, and I'm open up for debate here, but it's also very much diving into the unknown and working to make that dream or vision into something that is both profitable and something that will grow and ultimately give you a freedom that only you can have. So as a living breathing being, what can one expect when you decide to immerse yourself into the depths of running your own business? I am excited to share this information with you in the hopes that what we bring to our show gives you inspiration and acknowledgement that your journey is exactly what it's meant to be. By bringing you guests that have walked the walk and can talk the talk, I'm able to share empowerments and growth and valuable knowledge that will challenge the way you think, run and view your business as you take it forward. So Business Shakers is designed for small business owners and I invite you to send through your questions and comments about our show via DM to our Facebook page at DRN1Live. Please don't forget to like our page and share with your friends and networks. If you'd like to be a feature guest on our Business Shakers or for our advertising kit, you can contact myself or our directors via the Facebook page. So I want to address the startup path. And I have two very special guests here to help me answer what the ex- is the experience of a startup from a direct perspective. So basically the real and rawness of running a business. I have Ganga Chetri from Chetri Cleaning. So Ganga is a mum and her passion is to give a sense of wholeness and completion to her clients, allowing her clients to be able to concentrate on doing things that brings them closer to their goals. After all, One less task opens up time to focus on something else. Chetri Cleaning is a residential and commercial cleaning business set up across the Perth metro region. They have teams available now and ready to add sparkle to your life. You can find them on Facebook as well as online. So I've invited Ganga to speak with us because what a better way to address the topic of what you're going through than with someone who's actually going through the startup phase of their business even though there is a steady flow of expertise and knowledge in running businesses for others. My second guest is Karen Whiteley from Right Click Bookkeeping. I have this thing for parents running businesses, so don't be surprised if you see most of my guests are hardworking parents. As you can guess, Karen is a thriving mum. Karen has been a bookkeeper for 30 years and she has a background of operating a full business and knows the journey of successes and failures all too well. Karen's experience comes from both as a bookkeeper and as a business owner. You can't get more real than that. Her passion is to help business owners avoid mistakes as a business owner and to implement systems and processes that will help you grow and thrive. I'm speaking with Karen because every time I speak with her, I learn something new about business. 
even though most of your clients are well and truly within the medium to large businesses, the insights that can be given is exponential. Karen is a wealth of knowledge that is truly not tapped into, and I'll make sure that I grab every useful guest to help you on your journey. So welcome, Gang Gang Karen, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, Bronwyn. It's nice to be here. So Karen, a bit about your business. Why that name? That's a very good question, Bronwyn, and I'm asked that often, actually. Uh, It was difficult coming up with a name, but it has a few levels, actually. If you think about your mouse, and when you right-click, a whole other set of menus comes up. So there's more than what makes the eye. And I guess it's just really, it's the right-click as well. It just has connotations of being being right, doesn't it, I guess? Oh, that's actually very clever. Mm. Ganga, what about you? Why your name? Uh, Chetri Cleaning Business. Chetri is my surname, so basically it's what we will be known for. So from, it's where, from where it came. Perfect. So something about the BS in your industry. Now, what is, in the cleaning industry, what is BS that it stands out for you? Uh, I have been constantly hearing from my friends that there is a gender bias, like a male would be preferred over female for the cleaning jobs as they would be able to handle any kinds of job, for example, using the machines, scrubbing floors and uh, buffering, etc. However, it's not totally true. When I get into my business, the emp- the, what the employer wants is the work to be done. And uh, if the work is done, it doesn't matter. If you are willing to do or take up the work, and at the end, if the work is done, that's all they need. Do you find that there's gender bias in your field of bookkeeping? Um, I don't think so, although I think the perception certainly is that it's a uh, female-dominated area. And it certainly is dominated by females, but there are some amazing male bookkeepers in in my industry and some I certainly value their knowledge and often go to um, some of my male counterparts. So maybe a perception, but I don't think there is a bias there at all. What about running business in general, gender bias? Do you see that there's often something in particular fields there's more gender bias or is it just specific Mm. to a general thought? Mm, I don't. Personally, I don't think there's a gender bias. Um, No, particularly these days. There's so many women in business now and young women, which is very exciting, which probably wouldn't have happened 25, 30 years ago. Yes, before there was like a gender bias, but now like everyone is equal. Perfect. So basically go woman. (laughs) (laughs) So when setting up a business, have you found it's been very easy, Ganga, to set up a business and run with that? Ah, that's a good question. Well, every business is different and there's many different paths to getting something up and running. If you do not have plans for starting up your business, it really gets messy. The hardest part of growing a business is getting people know that you exist. With setting up the business, Karen, what Mm. are the common pitfalls have you found with people setting up the business? Um... So going back to that first question you pose, setting up a business is easy and that possibly is a common uh, thought. 
But let's just say setting up a business is like having a baby of which I have two grown Mm -hmm. young men, so I have been there. Uh, (laughs) It's a bit like having a baby. Conceiving is the easy bit. So the whole conception of your business, yes, I want to, this is my passion, this is what I I want my business to be, that's the easy bit. And setting it up is the easy bit. Anyone can go and get an ABN, anyone can go and print off uh, brochures and business cards, etc. That's the easy bit. So setting up, yes... Possibly, it's what comes after that. that okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, with running a business, what are examples of myths about running a business? Starting a business is the best way of becoming rich. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In my entire life, I always thought that a businessman or woman is a is a very rich person, <laughs> and I always wanted to be one. <laughs> <laughs> but what it takes to get there is something else. Uh, it means it takes a lot of time and investment. It's not like it happens overnight. Uh, it might take years and years, but we will get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think I could put it that better myself, actually. <laughs> I think everyone, uh, people that aren't in business, perceive business owners of having this amazing bank balance. And for some business owners, that's certainly the case, but it's certainly not the case initially. And as you're quite right, it's a lot of work and a lot of commitment to get to that. Yeah, I know there are people with a lot of money in the bank, but what I came came to know it like know is like investing in a bank is like feeding the bank. <laughs> you should make you utilize use of that money, invest in a business, and then do something. You know. Yes, Something it's investing to grow. in yourself and it's yeah, certainly um, uh, business is never successful overnight, that's for sure. No, it, it does take time. I do agree on that one. So it's a commitment basically, not for the faint-hearted. Oh, yes. Why, why would you go down the path of being self-employed? Why not just be employed by someone? That's, an, that's another interesting question. That's how I came. Starting your own business has several financial benefits over working for a wage or salary. Firstly, you're building something that has the potential for your growth. Secondly, your business itself is a valuable asset. Like you can sell it or you can keep it uh, and then pass it on to your generations. When you are working for someone, it can be tough to find the motivation to do the possible, I mean the best possible work. No matter how wor- how much work you put in, the owner gets the ultimate reward. Um, when you are your own boss, you are control of your own success. Now Karen, you've yeah. had uh, two businesses. You've yes. had one and you've got right click bookkeeping now. Mm. Why not just go down the, the be employed by somebody else? Mm. There's a few trains of thought on why um, people want to run a business. I guess, first of all, for most people, it's about following a passion. There's something that you love doing and want to either sell to the world or just all sorts of reasons why you would want to follow that passion and, and have it as a business. So that's your why which is the reason most people get into business. It is certainly a whole lot easier being employed, go to work, do your job, get paid for it, go home, don't worry about it anymore. But it's really interesting. I read a quote recently which said, and I 
so resonate with this, and I'm sure most of the viewers will, including yep. yourself, Bronwyn. Yeah. Uh, the quote says, entrepreneurs work 70 hours a week growing their own business so they don't have to work 40 hours a week working for someone else. <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. That is so true, sad but true. It is indeed. I do indeed. agree with that. I'm more than happy to work however many hours, not getting paid. But um, That's right. <laughs> and I have like few experience as working as an employee, like uh, how much we do. The, there would be like an inspection like monthly or quarterly so if there is if the work is really good the um, the owner he doesn't like say anything like the, there is no appreciation like oh you have done a good job yep. like we get motivation but no mm-hmm. but if there is something like a little thing they will immediately click a picture send it to us and then tell and ask us to fix it tomorrow and send me the picture back that's really a harsh truth, but it is. Even like one of my manager, he said like, my job is not to see the good things. My job is to point the bad <laughs> things. <laughs> oh, that's motivation. I was just going to say exactly that. It's really motivating, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> uh, before I go down on the motivation, what is your why? Because Karen, you said something about being your why, about why you're going into business. Why, why would you go into business? For me, it's a lot of things, but on those days where, and we all feel this way, you don't really feel motivated or it's a task that you don't really want to tackle or, you know, we all have those days. Um, It's going back to your why. And my why is, for all of us, it's money, ultimately. But for me, it's the money gives you choices. And I want to have choices in my life. So... To have money, I, can, I feel I can make a difference because, I mean, you look at all the philanthropists in the world, mm-hmm. um, it's not about money anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about what they can do to help other people. What they can give back. Absolutely. And for me, I just, I would love to give back. Um, and I guess for me, one of the driving forces in this early stage of this business for me is to give back to my parents who are in their 80s, early 80s, worked hard all of their lives and they're fit and healthy and and I'm very grateful for that. But come the time where they might need support and have to go somewhere to be looked after, I want to have choices in where they go. But, I mean, that's obviously a little bit further down the track, but just give my loved ones and myself some choices and money gives you that yes it does uh, people nowadays don't buy what you do for them how you do for them but definitely they will buy what you do for them in the cleaning they don't want to know how and what you do for the do do for the cleaning but they want to know why you want to do right uh, like for me cleanliness is godliness so that's my why <laughs> <laughs> So you were bringing up motivation, about motivating uh, those around you and your team or being yourself motivated. How do you how do you inspire that motivation? What actually motivates you? Oh, it's just going back to that why. You know, we all do it. You can be, you know, for me it's sitting in front of a of a computer screen screen day in and day out and there's sometimes a task that might be a bit challenging 
uh, it's going to take a bit of brain power and I might have a day where I really do not feel like using the brain power that that task (laughs) (laughs) requires or demands of you. So it's that just sitting back, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And then I think about my mum and dad. Yep. And I think about my two adult sons yep. who have flown the nest, but you know, the, you know they still need mum as yes. kids can be. I mean, I'm in my 50s and I still need my mum yep. at times. So it's just that's – we're all not going to be motivated 100% of the time, but it's that day where you just don't have that drive that you really need to stop procrastinating because we all – are good at that at certain times, sit back and take a breath and think about why you're doing this and the difference you're going to make to those loved ones. And I don't care who you are in business and what your business is. Ultimately, if we can change the lives of our loved ones in whatever way that is, that has to be a huge motivator. You know, one of your kids, you know, say you've got a little one and they walk in the door and upset about something or, you know, whatever reason they come in and they need you for something, how can you not look at that little face and go, you know what, just get on with it, like get the job done. I don't know, that, that's how it is for me. It, you can't stay motivated 100% of the time. You, you do have to really dig deep sometimes and think about that why. Uh, in my journey, journey of cleaning... I always needed this motivation, like appreciating, which I didn't get. So for, for the motivation I would use for my team is appreciating them, uh, encouraging the team to perform better by supporting them and helping when needed, uh, give, giving them positive feedback and reward my team. Uh, and yeah, like you said, family. When family comes, I would do this for my daughters. There's nothing that t- ticks, tugs hard, harder at the heartstrings, is there? No. Your family. Yes, you've touched my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually realised that when you speak to different businesses, that is something that is often brought up as my why is my family, it's my children, it's my parents, it's my loved ones. So I, I do agree that is definitely something that, that is often brought up as a motivating factor. But going with that, the dips and highs of business it's it's something that we often go through with those motions because obviously with the motivating we're not always going to be motivated so we do have those dips but then you get the the good moments which are very exciting how how do you feel that influences your business business is just a rocky road it's just what it is and it doesn't matter how long you've been in business you can talk to you know, the biggest high flyer in Perth. Mm-hmm. And that person would still have the highs and lows. So I think for me, it's when you have those yeehaw moments, you know, you've achieved something you wouldn't thought you could or, you know, um, a client says, yes, love to engage your services and you never thought they would. Now, whatever it is, reward, but sit back for just five minutes mm-hmm. And look at where you've come that month or that week or whatever it is and reward yourself because that will keep you going when you've got the dips. And there's always the dips. That's just business. That's life. 
you can't change that. But if you're rewarding yourself in the, with the good stuff, when the not so motivating and rewarding stuff is happening, you can you can sort of reach out for that little bit and think, if I can just get through this, okay, that that um, sale didn't happen for whatever reason, then it's it's just getting in your head that that's okay. You can move on from that because the rewards, when they do come off, are just fabulous. So it's just trying to not get too bogged down in the lows. Yeah, for life is like a roller coaster. When you think it's a zag, it's a zig. And when it's <laughs> zig, when you think it's a zig, it's a zag. So we always should be, be prepared. So what I always keep in mind is like hope for the best but be prepared for the worst so this is the beginning of my business so i'm always preparing for the worst <laughs> <laughs> so what tips can you give our listeners about running a business do you have any tips that you can actually give them oh how long have we got we got a couple of hours <laughs> there's probably uh lots of different things that i could suggest first of all Running a business, you have to have good systems. And if you don't have good systems, you're never going to grow your business. And that's really the crux of it all. So once you, you've been in business a few years and you decide you need, need employees or however you want to scale your business, um, if you haven't got good systems in place and it's all in your head, then that's not very helpful to your your business. And quite often the mistake people make is waiting until they've got five employees and, oh, we need a system here. So for me, I think the advice, I mean, there's lots of things you could do, but imparting some good advice would be set the systems up before you need it Mm -hmm. because then you're prepared. Uh, don't, Don't be reactive be proactive because it won't be anywhere near so painful and stressful if you do that and then you're trying to grow your business scale your business everything is already in place it's not in your head anymore it's everything is in a system it's written down it's in a system I keep repeating the word system but everything is there documented because the business needs to be able to run without you what happens when you want to go on annual leave can your business run without you So you have employees. If you don't have employees, then obviously you're not making unless you've got a wonderful way of getting passive income. But if you you have employees and you want it to operate without you there for whatever reason, they need to be able to know what to do. But as I said, most people are reactive. Oh, my goodness, we need to document how to do such and such because I have to go into hospital for a month or, you know, whatever the situation is. Systems, systems, systems. So have you come across that reactive response quite often? Um, I wouldn't say quite often. I have seen it. Mm-hmm. And, and as an employee, I've also been an employee bookkeeper. Yep. Um, the bookkeeper or... Uh, whatever that role that person is doing, they go to go on extended leave. They've got long, long service leave, so that's three months. And all of a sudden, the employer got sort of, well, 
how are we going to manage this? What are we going to do without this person for three months? And all of a sudden everything's thrown together and then this person that's on long services, phone calls every second day, that's not very good management mm-hmm. of a business. So it's while you're small and it's just you, get everything documented out of your head and then because you'll find all of a sudden, oh, I need an employee, I'm swamped, I've got too much work. And then all of a sudden you don't realise you've got your systems in place. So you're trying to put the systems in place, mm-hmm. plus you're trying to do whatever it else is you're trying to move on to to get off the tools, let's yep. call it. Um, it's It can be a very hectic and stressful time and things aren't. It's just not implemented well mm-hmm. because you, you're, doing, you're being reactive, you're doing it on the run. Okay. Mm. Thank you. It was really helpful for the start of my business. Actually, for me, it's like... Uh, you can start from the scratch. This is your business. You can make rules and you are not restricted by standards and procedure of your boss. You can offer a product or a service that fits your vision. You can build your company according to your ideas. Maybe you want to make sure your employee gets a fair wage and family leave time. Um, Whatever you have encountered as an employee that I did, you didn't feel as a fair deal you have a chance to do something different with your own business so would you expect should you expect anything when you start to run a business when you're starting do you say this is going to happen that's going to happen such as I'm going to be able to have the weekends off I will work from eight five is that an expectation that one should have when starting a business that's probably the common expectation because going back to what we said before, people think they're in business, you're going to make a million dollars, you only have to work 30 hours a week. I mean, it is, it is a complete perception, especially when you're starting and growing a business. You will be working 70 hours a week mm-hmm. and unpaid, many of those hours unpaid. It's... Uh, it's putting the foundations down to grow that business and it takes time. And I think it's important, it's very easy to put in the 70 hours a week, but it's also trying to get that balance. So putting in your diary your time out, and it might just be an hour every once every couple of days, or I would certainly recommend every day, take whatever time it is, whatever suits your business, 20 minutes out and go and have a cup of tea and go and walk around in the garden or, you know, reward yourself with something that you like to go to the movies with your partner because you've had a really good month. It's important, yes, you have to do the long hours, but it's to get that balance, you will burn out. If you do 70 hours, Bronwyn's nodding. So she uh, all the time, yes. <laughs> and we all do it, we're all yep. guilty of it. But, you know... Work, 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 but you have to have those breaks. You Like, for example, um, my job is sitting down in front of a PC all day, every day. I have my timer on my phone for 50 minutes. And when that 50 minutes timer goes off, I get up and I walk out of my office and I might do a lap of the garden or, you know, whatever, pat the cat, whatever it is, but... Work hard, but work smart. Do not, it, you don't have to do the long hours. 
you shouldn't do the long hours without taking those breaks and taking some personal time out. So for me, I really like to finish work on a, on midday on a Friday afternoon. Not always possible during bass time with my clients' passes, but it's re- really nice to finish at midday Friday. I might, my clients might think that I finish at midday because that's what I tell them I do, and then I could be uninterrupted for the rest of Friday. Um, and Sundays is always my day free where possible, 98% of the time. It's really important to be very conscious of your headspace because you will burn out if you don't put that personal time in. And get some sleep. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But with making decisions, Ganga, do you find that it's one big decision with working in business? Uh, Yes, it is. Like uh, for me, expectation leads to disappointment. So I don't, like I have trained myself not to expect anything. So starting a business isn't one big decision. It's hundreds of small decisions I would say you would, you should be prepared for the worst possible scenario. So if something comes, then you always can handle with calmness, not freaking out and not crying over the split milk. That's an interesting way to look at it. Who else? This is a, a very famous, well-known name. Their, their outlook is to look at all the negative things or things that can go wrong and actually fix that first. I don't know who it is. I'm not sure. I have to say I think exactly the opposite way. Okay. (laughs) Do share. Um, Anything that happens in your business that you might perceive as negative, but that's your perception of that. It's not because it is negative. It's your perception that it's negative. So... Let's say you have a whole heap of tasks and some of them are the ones that you least like to do for whatever negative reason that it is. Tackle that first or tackle that phone call you have to make or those kinds of things. You've got a client that's not happy for whatever reason. You know what? The monster is never as big as what it appears in your... because it's your perception of that monster... So just face the monster head on because it's never, ever, ever as big as what you think it was. And you pop down that phone from that phone call from that client that's not happy or whatever the reason is, pop the phone down and the job's done. And sometimes, yes, you have to take a breath and go and take a walk and, you know, goodness me, I've got through that. Um, Yeah, I just have a very different view on what is negative. Mm -hmm. It is your perception of that it is not actually negative mm-hmm. am i making any sense yeah you no, you're making sense yeah. my, my question is how do you change that thought process how do you then go um i'm going to turn this around to be more positive how do you do that could you give me an example maybe do you think um so an example going into it is hiring employees and you've got it in your head that it is going to be difficult. They aren't going to do the work. They're not going to work as hard as you do and even though it's not their business, mm. um, you've got that expectation that they're going to come into the workplace with that thought process going, yeah. I'm just here to do what I need to do and leave. How do you turn that thinking into something positive so that it mm. does reflect the I've got employees who are coming in, Mm. they're going to do a great job, Mm. 
and they're going to have the same mindset that I do, mm. that they're there for purpose, they've got, mm. so they've got their goals mm. and they're adhering to the vision and policy mm. of the business. How mm. do you do that? For me, the starting point is your initial perception of what's going to take place. So if you're going to say, yes, I know I'm going to get, I'm going to hire an employee, so I'm going to interview five people and I know it's going to be challenging and they're not going to do the work how I want them to, et cetera, et cetera. You're putting out that expectation so why should you not? This is so exciting. I'm going to interview five people and I reckon I'll get at least two out of that. And the reality is no one loves your business like you do. And no one's going to work it. No one's going to have the passion that you do. And that's just the way it is. It's your business, not theirs. But if you can impart that passion of your business to prospective employees they can only take that on. In my Those that don't, they're not the right employee for you. That's true. Uh, do you mean like giving them responsibility? Like um, giving some tasks to them to do? Well, see, that goes back to your system. So as you employ them and you interview them, so you've got, the right, you've got who you think is the right person, then your, the list of duties would be whatever they are, and this is how I expect you to do it from start to finish. And if they don't, then you and new employers don't always get it, even though they have instructions. It's that positive feedback to those employers. Thank you so much for the job that you did. Can we just talk about, um, you know, the job? It's very difficult. I don't know. <laughs> I obviously don't do much cleaning, do I? <laughs> yeah, in the cleaning. It's kind of the plan. I think I need to employ you. <laughs> in the cleaning, like. Yeah, so it's just, it's giving them feedback on what they've done. So next time you do it, this is my expectation of how you would do that. So it's just, it's all about, excuse me. Communication. Communication. And that's whether, whether it's clients they're bringing on board. And if, you know, sometimes it is the communication isn't always clear between the client. Their expectation and what your expectation is could be different because the communication isn't quite right. And it's the same with your, with your, your staff. So they might perceive that you've said this is how you want the task done, but that's not actually what you meant. So it's just continually going back. I still do this with my yeah. current clients. Is this – the report that I've given you, is that what you expected? Um, or they'll come back, no, I was really after such and such. So it's, it's the same with your current clients. It's the same with your employees. And it's the same with prospects as well because sometimes you can say, well, this is my quote, and they perceive a certain thing – so it's just asking for more clarity if you're unsure. So have I answered the question or have I gone off track? I, I, I think it's gone <laughs> off a little bit track there, but it still answers it in a roundabout way mm. yeah. because uh, I refer to those who are working with me as my colleagues and mm. team members and I've got this mindset that if something goes wrong, if they've done something wrong, mm. 
it's because I haven't communicated Absolutely. properly. I haven't explained myself. I haven't I haven't put in the right words or systems to actually mm. make it very clear as to what's going on. Mm. I mean, you don't know what you don't know until you know. Absolutely. Yeah, in mm. the cleaning, like uh, we just tell them to do the work. Like uh, you, you do this job. Uh, the job doesn't need to. You don't need to do the work the way I do. Uh, you can do it in your way. But then, like, uh, it's quite different. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. Like, they have different ways of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, they would say that, look, uh, I do this way. But, look, I'm not you. I do this way. So, from there, like... So, different perspectives on how tasks are completed. Yes, it doesn't really goes like do, doing the difficult tasks, the bigger tasks in the beginning and... Keeping aside the small tasks, beside in the cleaning business that that doesn't work, like the small things needs to be done in the beginning, so the bigger works comes at at the end. So it's a bit um, complicated. All right. So with the cleaning, it's interesting to know more about the business. What can you tell us more about your business and what you do? Oh, I basically do cleaning of residential and commercial uh, buildings. Uh, in the commercial, it comes like morning and evening shifts after office hours. In the cleaning, it includes like dusting, vacuuming. So it comes every like, um, and then whatever the client wants us to do. Okay. What made you choose your business, Karen? Because there's so much that you can do. Uh. <laughs> uh, bookkeeping encompasses a whole range of things. Yep. And you can never ever know it all with bookkeeping so I have a wide network of bookkeeping associates all over Australia so there's always something that someone else has done and you haven't Um, so that's fabulous so the the reason I chose my uh, business is because I've been a business owner business owner before doing the bookkeeping I've been employee bookkeeper and for me 26 years as a small business owner with staff and all the things that come along with business, I've done it all, I've seen it all, and much of it not in the best way possible. So some not-so-nice outcomes. Um, There was some good stuff in amongst it all. So my passion for me is just getting people to... Well, my mission statement is empowering business owners with their finances. How many business owners do we know and it might even be ourselves, not me included, but, (laughs) you know, um, that I've got uh, creative clients. They love what they do, but they feel literally sick about their business finances, about their bookkeeping, because they love what they do, but they don't get the other side of it. So it's me getting the client to understand it's actually not all about a balance sheet and a profit loss because everyone glazes over. Yes. When you start talking accounting. Yep. Numbers freaks Number. I'm creative. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers right. freaks me out. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so for me it's it's not this big scary monster. We go go back to that again. It is not a big scary monster. It is actually you don't have to understand what the balance sheet means. Most people do not understand what a balance sheet is. And you know what, in the scheme of things 
it probably, you don't need to know the detail. You just need to know how your business is going, which yep. a good bookkeeper will help, and as will an accountant. For me, it's just that passion. You don't have to make the same, same mistakes that I made. And there were some dreadful mistakes. Weren't necessarily all mine. My business partner um, wasn't so good with finances. So that was, you know, that, and that happens in every business partnership, you know, different personalities. It's just get for me. It's just getting back to don't make the same mistakes I made. You and we're all going to make mistakes, and that's just a given with business. But there's some simple strategies that you can put into place that you don't have to struggle further down the track because you haven't put you haven't done things well. Okay. It's you know, for example, the amount of business owners that they start up, but they don't have a separate bank account where they put their, their tax and their GST every month or quarter or however you want to do it. I certainly recommend my clients to do it monthly. Have a look at, after the end of the month, what's your gross income? Well, 40%, if you're GST registered, isn't yours. It belongs to the tax department. That's reality of business and the amount of people freak out when I say that. It's not your money. It belongs to the ATO. So it's just little simple things that you can put into place. Um, I'm going off track again, but this is it's, I'm just so passionate about this, things you can do yep. that can see you well on your road um, through to building your business. So with the lots of the inspiration that goes there, Ganga, what has been your biggest inspiration so far on your journey? Oh, my biggest inspiration is my friend mentor or whatever you call it she gave me the idea to start a business and she just told me why don't you run the show and i was like oh yeah if you can believe in me i can i can perform so it i was touched by her words and i literally started a business and it is my work that i got inspired with like the past experience of uh, doing a cleaning job for the last two years i mean like one that as a cleaner, I was really um, excited and I'm happy to do the cleaning work. It's uh, out of my interest. So I'm so proud to be running a business. That's very exciting. What about you, Karen? What has been your inspiration in setting up your businesses and getting it going? Um, just back to what I was talking about before, it's helping um, other businesses and Depending on the business type, so startups is so exciting. They're full of enthusiasm and drive to put this whole new idea um, into something that's going to turn into something amazing. So it's guiding, for me, it's guiding them and showing them the way and helping them along the way, holding their hand. But then on the other end of the scale, the bigger businesses, they've been in business for 10 or more years, um, and they really don't are just not interested in the compliance sort of work, so anything ATO related. So for me to come in and take that away from them, so I look after the bookkeeping every week. So we do payroll, super the pay as you go, uh, the basses, etc., etc., etc. So all of those, com- well, I, I call them compliance. So any of those just what a business owner would say as mu- very important but mundane tasks. That can give... I was reading something, and I think I put it on my Facebook page the other day, is that 
the time given back to a business owner if they outsource some of their work mm-hmm. is about I've forgotten statistics. I'm good with numbers, but I'm great with stati- not good so good with statistics. But it gives the owner back some time. Yes. What sort of value as a business owner? Bronwyn's got young children. What sort of value do you put on that time that you can get back to be with the kids? Priceless. It, absolutely. It's absolutely priceless. That's right. So the business owners that are looking at do I outsource and whatever, that, whether it's bookkeeping or a virtual assistant, whatever it is, it's working out the value of that. It's not what you're, the dollar that you're paying. How much would you pay to to have time with your kids. And and if money was an issue, you'd pay a million dollars. That's what's of value to you. So going, because you brought up outsourcing, I have to address this. How do you, have you seen with businesses whether they find it easy enough to actually go, I'm letting go of this task and handing it over to someone else to do? Because it does affect your industries with both mm. the cleaning and the bookkeeping. Mm. Do you find that business owners are... Rel- reluctant to let go of that Mm. very very much and even a a business owner that's been in business for 10 years that's their baby Mm -hmm. they built that business from scratch is 99 percent of the time they've built that business for to scratch to hand their bookkeeping over to a bookkeeper so number one I see the nitty-gritties of their business. Like, there's all there to bear. Um, And that can be intimidating. And the second thing is, like, we all feel in business, no one can do it as good as what we do. This is my business. No one loves my business like like I do. And that's right. But someone that you outsource to, so, for example, for me, I love what I do. I'm so passionate about what I do. And... Their bookkeeping will never be in better hands. And probably yourself with cleaning, like you love what you do. Yeah. And I'd, it'd be fair to say you do your my cleaning better than I would because it's what you're passionate about. I don't have the slightest bit of passion in cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> I do like my house to be clean, but, you know, I'm not that... You um, should bothered. hire me. <laughs> Definitely. We, we need to talk. We need to talk. So, it, yeah, it's... um. It is very difficult whether it's a, a new business or a business that has existed for a while. Where no matter what you think, you're, what you would like to outsource to, it is very difficult for a business owner to hand that over. And I think the longer they've been in business, the harder it is to hand it over. Yeah. In the cleaning business, for the past two years of my venture in the cleaning, um, the cleaning owner they don't like hand over their business to someone else but what they do is they subcontract they just remain like overall as a boss and then they subcontract to another party and then they employ the cleaners so the money is being divided into three parts so what we get the cleaner get it's a very thin amount but what the cleaning they expect is a big deal. <laughs> so it's challenging. I do agree. It is challenging. So what has been the best decisions in your business? Uh, in my business, the best decision is working with my team. 
the team which I have the back in times of difficulties. So with a simple phone call, like there is some work there, it's done. Yep. So I don't have to worry. So that's my best decision in my business. Nice. What is something that you would have changed with your business now that it's operating fully? Is there anything that you would change? Uh, I'm just in the start of my business and I'm really excited and I'm really happy with what it is. So I don't really want to change as of now, but we never know like in future I might want. It's a learning experience. That's all we can do. With going through a business, what are some fears that you've had to overcome when running the business? What have you had to address um, to actually be able to, to run the business? I think for me, and it, it'd be fair to say I'd say this for all bookkeepers, is actually that's not a fair comment. I think it's for everybody, but I guess I can just relate it to me. It is the fear is, ah, oh, how do I handle that? What's the best way to handle that? And uh, I guess this time around in business, I just thought, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions so whether it's to the client's accountant whether it's to another bookkeeper whether it's to one of my professional organizations uh, for example institute of certified bookkeepers if, if something technical I think it's fair to say every business owner is fearful they think I, I don't know how to do that or what's the best way to do that and you can feel like a bit of a fraud in your own head because you think oh, I'm supposed to be this great bookkeeper and I don't know how to do that because it's something that I've never dealt with before, which is common in my industry. I think it's just really important to realise that you're never going to know it all, no matter what business it is, and people want to impart their knowledge. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. It might be grandma. She might have some great advice on something and she can't wait to tell you. I have business mentors that, look, I know this is a really dumb question, but blah, 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 blah. And everyone says, don't they, all the time, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Exactly. I'm the first one who's going to ask the dumb questions. (laughs) Oh, no, I think I'm in front of you there. <laughs> so for me in in my business in my starting of my business the biggest fear i had to overcome is the fear of being judged. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes very much judged. so. I think we all and feel like that. Yeah, mm. and fear of failure, fear of rejection and then the most important is social phobia, you know, the fear of meeting new people, talking in the media and talking in a group mm. that's i'm still overcoming mm. and this is also what I'm overcoming now, speaking in the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two things to look at there. Failure. Mm. Failure is, of course, in my opinion, it's it's a stepping stone to learn. Absolutely. Uh, I don't believe that you can succeed without failure. No. Yeah, I wish I knew like failure is the stepping stone to our success. I always feared of failure. I think isn't there, like someone like Einstein or someone like that said he'd tried something you know are they all millions of times and on that a millionth and one that doesn't make any sense that's not very good English yes you know what I mean (laughs) yes that next time so they tried something 45 times on the 50 50th attempt so they've had 45 so-called failures that 50th attempt was successful so that 
I think you're quite right, Bronwyn. The stepping stones. If you're not failing, uh, yeah, you're not you, you're not going to grow. If you're, you're not, not learning, yeah. failing, oh, I think I would fail constantly. But as long as you see it as exactly what you said, a stepping stone, it it's a learning process. We're all going to fail. That's just that's a given. If you go into business and think you're not going to fail, then you, you're not thinking straight. You're going to fail and fail and fail and fail and fail. But it's not, it's not failing. It's just learning how not to do something. I, I agree with that. Uh, now with being judged, mm. that, that is definitely a big one in business, the, the fear mm. of being judged. Mm. And then you've got the imposter syndrome that oh. clicks away through your head at the same time. Because mm. I know I have moments where I go, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And I hope yeah. that nobody can actually see that. Oh, but absolutely, everyone yes. has that. Absolutely. Yeah. I do wonder whether women do it more than men. I'm not sure. But the women I speak to in yeah. business, I think we all suffer that, that imposter syndrome. Like, I, I don't actually know anything about bookkeeping. What on earth am I doing this for? Yeah. Quietly in my head. Whereas on the outside, I go, yes, I can help you with that. I know yeah. it all. I'll just ask the questions to the people that know. It's <laughs> just, um, yeah, never, I think we all suffer from yeah. the imposter syndrome. Never judge the book from its cover. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have, like, one experience uh, as a cleaner. Actually, I was quite quite passionate. Like, I was fascinated by the uh by my manager and the boss, like, how they handle the work. And I was quite interested, like, to do a business, but they're – I didn't have motivation. So once I talked with my boss and I just said to him, hello, boss, can you introduce me to your manager? Because I really want to be a future manager. And do you know what he said? Guess? He would have had a shocked look on his face, I imagine. He laughed in front of me. Oh. Wow. And then said, look, the day you become the manager of this company, I'll quit the job. <gasps> May Ouch. he quit his job. Ouch. May he quit his job. I wish he listened to this now. <laughs> he probably is. He probably wow. is. Wow. But he's, a, I mean, that's what I got motivated. Like, oh, let me show him. I was going to say, make it a motivator. How dare you say yeah. that to me? <laughs> I just took that thing as positive and then Absolutely. That's perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. All right, ladies, I'm going to have to wrap it up here, even though I could keep going on this for hours and hours. Um, we are running out of time, but I do thank you, both of you ladies, for joining me today and allowing the audience to learn more about you and your journeys. Um, your information will be the information for both Chetra Cleaning and Right Click Bookkeeping will be available on our Facebook page and attached with our segments. I would love your feedback here at DRN1. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our Facebook page and follow us to learn more about the great programs we have to offer. If you'd like to be a feature guest on our program, do contact us at DRN1. Just send us a DM and we do have media kits available for advertising. Stay dedicated because great things take time. So thank you, ladies, so much for Thanks, joining me. Well, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it for calling us here. My name is Bronwyn Lunderstead and please join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. here at DRN1 for Business Shakers, where we will shake the BS of business that no one tells you about and give you useful tips and tricks of how to start, run and grow your business.